everybody. What's going on? It's Jesse Lee. You can call me hashtag boss Lee or the people's mentor. And this is episode 327 of the show. This episode is a training all on Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. Obviously one of my favorite books right now. And I think there are so many lessons that all of us can learn from it. This is a conversation based on fear. And fear is obviously something that holds a lot of you back from so many things in your business and in your life and in really just everything. And so I think that the more that we can start to tackle it, the better off all of us are. So episode 327, we are almost at 1,500 five-star reviews of the show so if you've not already subscribed and left a five-star review i would really greatly appreciate it if you do so we can do that fifteen hundred dollar giveaway i love you guys i appreciate you guys i'm here on maui about to fly over to kona and so i'm not going to read a review right this second but i'll make sure to get it to tomorrow on episode 328 so enjoy episode 327 of the show love you guys appreciate you guys screenshot it when you get value share in your story tag me at i'm boss lee and of course at least two friends ciao Today, I'm going to train again on Think Like a Monk from Jay Shetty. I am still loving this book so much. I don't know how many of you have had an opportunity to grab the book. If not, it doesn't really matter. I'm just going to keep training from it because I have found it to be so, so valuable. And um, just a good reminder, as always, that, you know, leaders are readers. So what are you reading? What are you consuming? What are you allowing in your brain? And I think a lot of the time when we're not consuming good content and things that are positive and uplifting and whatever else, I think it can be really easy to allow other stuff in. Anybody else agree with this? Like when your mind is empty, it becomes this vessel that just gets filled with everybody else's trash sometimes. And the next thing you know, you're literally dealing with other people's problems and you can't figure out why. You can't figure out why you're upset. You can't figure out why you can't get back on track. Uh, I did a training for 212, obviously, about an hour and a half ago when I was telling people, you know, we get so caught up and we keep telling ourselves that we're doing all the right things, but yet we're not over here actually focusing, focusing on what we want. Every single one of you could hit any rank you want, any income level, anything you want, but not by sitting around and doing, you know, like Brie always called it, the fluff work. You know, we can't. We have to be the ones that are really putting in the action. And I know that is so annoying to hear all the time. And stage one, stage one, is she going to say it again? I have to say it again. None of us can be in stage two yet. We're just not. We're not there yet, right? We've only been in business three years, three years and a couple of months. We've got to keep driving from the front or else it will fall apart. I've just seen it too many times. And I know some of you have seen it, right? Some of you have seen people say, oh, I'm running my business now only 90 minutes a day. You can't maintain a champion level business, a rank seven level business, touching a business 90 minutes a day. You can maybe maintain that. I don't even know. I don't think so, actually. I'm not even going to say maybe. I don't think so. I've just never seen it happen. So you can prove me wrong, perhaps. But I have, I mean, maybe don't try. Don't try to prove me wrong on that one, okay? Maybe don't try, <laughs> all right? Uh, maybe stay in that activity, okay? So I will tell you, I want to go into the conversation again around fear because I do think sometimes there's that fear of success that is actually stopping a lot of us from doing things because a lot of us are coming, if not all of us, a lot, if not all of us are coming from places where we never had success like this or we never really anticipated success like this. And so it becomes very difficult and we almost... No, not almost. We straight up self-sabotage what we're doing. We start backing off on the activities we know work for us because we know it works for us and we're scared, right? We say, oh, like I had a conversation, not to call her out because I love her, but you know, I just have to use that as an example. Well, I love all you guys, but Brooke was like, I don't get TikTok. 
you know, it won't work, it won't work, it won't work. And then I do a video and it goes crazy. It goes crazy and I can't keep up. And so I just, I back away from it. I mean, guys, drown a little bit. You know, just drown a little bit, right? Like, not really. I want you to be able to breathe and go get more staff and whatever. I actually just put out an ad for a new VA yesterday just to get more. I just need more. And all of my VAs... <laughs> Because I have a whole bunch of them, right? They all messaged me. Could I please have a quick conversation with you? They all thought they were getting fired. I'm like, none of you are getting fired. We need more. Like, we need a lot more support over here because I can't keep up with nothing. Nothing over here is getting kept up with. So it's just, I think you find ways to adapt and you find ways to grow. But what are you scared of? You know, what are you sabotaging because of a fear. So this is an exercise that we left off on. I didn't have a chance to explain it last week. So this is again from Think Like a Monk. Ask yourself when you're self-sabotaging. If you're going to write stuff down, right? What am I afraid of losing? And start with the externals. Is it your car? Is it your house? Is it your looks? Write down everything you think of. Now think about your internals. Are you afraid of losing your reputation, your status, your sense of belonging? Write those down too. These combined lists are likely to be the greatest sources of pain in your life. Your fear is of having these things taken away. Now, 212 was really, really powerful. Um, when the replay's up, I think you guys should all check it out. It was really great um, because so much of what I was talking about towards the end of it in particular is about your character. People get really annoyed with me that I haven't changed when people have tried to manipulate me for years now. You know what I mean? Like, oh, maybe if I say this, then I can get Jesse Lee to do whatever. No, I've never been concerned about my reputation with anybody. I've called our CEO out before. You guys know the story right? Like, what are the things that you are like, no, I'm putting my foot down. What is that, Nicole? You just like flashed me with something. Really got an ADD moment there. Holy smokes. Okay. But those lists of pain, your fear of having those things taken away, think about changing your mental relationship with those things so that you are less attached to them. Remember, you can still fully love and enjoy your partner, your children, your home, your money from a space of non-attachment. It's about understanding and accepting that all things are temporary and we can't truly own or control anything so that we can fully appreciate these things and they can enhance our life rather than being a source of griping and fear. What better way to accept that children eventually go off to live their own lives and call you once a week if you're lucky? We talked really quickly about this. Last week, remember right at the end of the call? Like, you should be excited for when your team spreads their wings and flies. I get so excited when it seems like most of you do your calls on Tuesday nights, Tuesdays and some on Mondays. I love it. Oh, you're never going to get a call from me that's like, you better stop those calls. Oh my God, please keep doing them. Fly, little dove. Fly, fly, fly. That is a privilege. It is a privilege and an honor that I have been able to see so many leaders develop and train. I eat it up. I eat it up, okay? So like he says, this is a lifelong, uh, lifelong practice, 
But as you become more and more accepting of the fact we don't truly own or control anything, you'll find yourself actually enjoying and valuing people, things, and experiences more and being more thoughtful about which ones you choose to include in your life. Now, um, just a quick shout out, by the way. I meant to do this earlier at the beginning of the call. Completely forgot. I'd like to give a shout out to Team Terry. They did hit all-star. So another all-star on the team. So very, very exciting. We're super, super proud of you. Obviously, leadership development. That is very much a stage one leadership development as well. Super proud of you. Before I forget and keep getting into this call, I wanted to take a moment to, to shout y'all out. That is a huge accomplishment. Enjoy your pay raise. The cash bonus is cool, but trust me, the pay raise over the long run. <laughs> All right, let me borrow five bucks. All right, so we're going to talk about managing your short-term fears, okay? Because detaching from your fears allows you to actually address them. So detaching from those things that maybe you just wrote down or you're going to write down when you, uh, when you work through things is super important because we're all naturally attached to certain things. We're attached to making sure we have a roof over our heads. We're attached to making sure we have food on the table. We're attached to making sure our bills are paid. We're attached to all kinds of different stuff like that, right? And I will tell you, a lot of us have very unnecessary fears around them. And when you panic, how many of you have panicked in your life about something? Y'all all have. I've seen y'all panic. Am I going to hit champ again? Am I going to hit pro champ? <laughs> you silly billies. Okay? You panic. You start. Tell me I'm wrong. Try. You start to anticipate outcomes that have not yet even happened. Don't you? Yeah, you do. Yeah, I'm glad Brittany's calling herself out in the comments because she is one of the worst offenders of this. We're not going to hit. I'm like, oh my God, there's literally nine days left. Like, what are you talking about? Okay, it's crazy. Okay, fear around something turns you into a fiction novelist. Okay, you start creating scenarios in your mind that literally have not even happened. Your fears are so much no more numerous, so many of them, so many more fears than your actual dangers. You, most of you are suffering in your imaginations. You're not suffering in your reality. You're so concerned of what, and this is normal human behavior, so like I'm not calling anyone out, right? I did call Brittany out, but sorry, I backtrack. I Sorry, I love you. I love you. I'm so sorry. Okay? We live in these places of imagination and things that have literally not happened. Okay? And so I'm going to read this to you because this made me go, oh my God. Check this out. We can manage acute stress if we detach on the spot. There's an old Taoist parable about a farmer whose horse ran away. How unlucky, his brother tells him. The farmer shrugs. Good thing, bad thing, who knows. A week later, the wayward horse finds its way home. And with it, a beautiful wild mare is with the horse. That's amazing, the brother says, admiring the new horse with no small envy. Again, the farmer's unmoved. Good thing, bad thing, who knows, he says. A few days later, the farmer's son climbs up on the new mare, hoping to tame the wild beast, but the horse bucks and rears, and the boy, hurled to the ground, breaks a leg. Ah, oh, how unlucky, his brother says with a tinge of satisfaction. Good thing, bad thing, who knows, the farmer replies again. 
The next day, the young men of the village are called into military service. But because his son's leg is broken, he is excused from the draft. His brother tells the farmer that surely this is the best news of all. Good thing, bad thing, who knows, the farmer says. The farmer in this story didn't get lost in what if, write that down. The farmer in this story didn't get lost in what if, but instead focused on what is. Don't judge the moment, right? So many what if. What if this person leaves my team? What if I recruit that person? What if, what if, what if, what if? It's the same thing, right? This is all the same thing. If you think about this, every single part of your life is about how you choose to react to things and how these things maybe are happening for you, not to you. I know you've heard me say that 10,000 times over. What if doesn't really matter as much as what is. What is actually going on? Instead of letting your mind go nuts, which so many of us do, that goes back to the conversation about drama triangles. Is it really happening? Are you constructing something in your mind and turning it into something so much worse than it ever actually was? Are you turning it into a what if instead of a what is? Okay? And I love this because then he goes on in the book to talk about a man, same kind of situation. He loses his job. He's so upset at first. Oh my gosh, what is going on? I don't know what's happening. Blah, blah, blah. How am I going to support my family? Instead of saying what is, which is now this man got to spend time with his family, which is now this man got to understand that time is another form of wealth. He realized he may have lost his job, but he gained wealth in another aspect. And so this goes into reframe. Reframe your situations. Instead of being fearful about things that are not even actually happening, reframe, switch. Then he goes into talking about how to short circuit, short circuit fear. And as soon as I was reading this, I was thinking about childbirth because, you know, obviously a lot of babies being born over here on the Empire and the Champs. Super cool. I love it. Love all the babies. Okay. So breathing. Okay. If you don't know how to breathe during childbirth, Oh, we're going to have an emergency, okay? I'm just going to tell you right now, that goes straight into the what ifs. You know, instead of a what is, what a perfect situation. Take business out of it. You ever seen somebody who's terrified of childbirth give birth compared to a mother who is like, it is what it is. It's not going to feel good. It's okay. I know it's not supposed to. It is what it is. I'm going to control my fears. I'm going to let it come as it is. I know my body's built for this. Let's go. It's a very different, it's a very different paradigm. It's almost like two, like it seems sometimes like we're talking about two very different things when you talk to two very different mothers. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not like trying to, if this is coming out at all, like some kind of like, not trying to shame anybody at all. So hopefully, I don't think it's coming out like that, but just so everybody knows, there's different ways obviously to give birth, blah, blah, blah. But it's amazing. The people who don't fear it, but go, it is what it is. Doesn't feel too good, but it is what it is. So breath work is one of the best ways in your life that you are going to be able to short circuit your fear because your bodies can go into high alert, which causes you to obviously breathe improperly. Then you need to realign your body and your mind. If any of you have ever been around me in a super stressful situation, you've seen me with my breathing. 
you've literally watched it real time. I don't even always, I don't even talk about it, but I'll literally stop and I go into a different breathing pattern. I just do it because it's what I do now, right? It's just, it's what I do. And if you can start to teach yourself and train yourself to focus on your breath, it's amazing how you can control your entire, your entire being. And so as an example from this book, he talks about don't panic, use your breath to realign your body and your mind. And so very quickly, he teaches in here, inhale slowly to a count of four, hold for a count of four, exhale for four, and then repeat until you feel, feel your actual heartbeat slow down. Because you've all felt that. You're about to go live. You're about to go on stage. Look at that haircut. That's what I'm talking about. I see you, baby girl. Right? Um, you, you're, about to, you're scared. You're about to go on stage. You're about to do something that makes you nervous, etc right? Slow your heartbeat down when it's pounding out of your jugular by breathing. Breathe. Take a deep breath. The next thing you can do on top of deep breathing, he says, is see the whole story. Breath is really useful in the, in the moment when you feel your, your heartbeat just go kind of cuckoo, okay? But sometimes it's deeper than that. And so the interesting thing I thought was smart was that, or really interesting is that what I see a lot of is that humans are natural storytellers, right? Aren't we really good at telling a story that fits our narrative? <laughs> okay, we're so good at telling stories and trying to get people on our side and whatever else, you know? Um, we're natural storytellers and we can use that actually to our own detriment because some of us are out there telling horror stories about our future, let that sink in for a second. Some of you have probably been so betrayed in your journey to champ or pro champ or rank eight or whatever that you literally are telling stories in your mind about how you don't want to develop leaders because somebody else is going to do it again. And I'm here to tell you, um, probably, not the same scale. It won't be the same story. It'll probably happen. It's leadership. You're going to have people go behind you and say ridiculous things about you. You're going to have people quit. You just are. We're in a volunteer sales force. But don't make it out to be worse than it is. And don't shoot yourself in the foot before you ever even recruited the leader because you're out there telling story tale, story tales, fairy tales in your mind. You're telling yourself stories that don't even exist. Now, I can only train you on this because, <laughs> you know, when you point a finger and there's all these fingers pointing back at you. Yeah. Okay. Like the amount of times for years when we joined Prove It that I literally wouldn't let people close to me because I was so betrayed in 2017. And I let some, some people close to me that I shouldn't have when we joined Prove It. For sure, I've been betrayed again and again and again and again and again. Whatever, okay? But thank God I was like, Jesse Lee, like these people are not gonna do you dirty like that. Calm it down. Okay, and if they do... Whatever, let the, get the, yeah, put the walls down a little bit. Let some people in. And I will also tell you, this was actually a piece of advice I got on a call yesterday I was on that I really liked. And 
I will promise you it is one of the, it is so important. And I don't think you realize how important it is until you're in it. Find yourself, look, y'all will find some of your best friends on this team. So do not misunderstand what I'm saying. But it is still very important that you have relationships with people that are also high achievers outside of the empire. Okay, hold on. Outside of prove it. Okay? Trust me. Trust me on that. I'm not talking about your friends from like third grade. I mean, unless they're high achievers too. Get around high achieving people, whether it's spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, uh, financially, whatever, that are completely detached from this. Y'all feel me on that? Because if everything, if this becomes your be all end all, it can be a little scary sometimes when you feel like you're creating stories in your mind about things slipping away because maybe you're in the middle of a leadership crisis or maybe you're in the middle of your business not doing what you want your business to do and then you feel like you can't talk to anybody because you're creating stories in your mind about how they must think I'm unworthy no baby that was you nobody got on a call and said you're not worthy for doing whatever 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 you are creating stories in your mind right it's really good sometimes to be able to detach and spend time with other people that are high achieving, whatever high achieving is for you outside of this. Okay? I promise you. I promise you some of the healthiest relationships I have are just with other investors that have nothing to do with network marketing, will never have anything to do with network marketing, and just know me as a super successful entrepreneur. I like it. And then I can be healthier in relationships with all of you. Does that make sense? Like I, I value our friendship. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Just make sure you have healthy relationships outside of it as well. All right. So I want you, when you are looking at your business, to start thinking about the crazy fears you've had. So instead of tearing yourself down and apart, I love this. He talks about how when you get a new job, so I'll refer to it as when you get into a place in your business, take a moment to reflect on all of your lost opportunities. Like, if I weren't fired from a pathology lab in 2011 for having poor work ethic, we wouldn't be on the Zoom. If I didn't get hired, or if I did get hired um, at Kimpton Hotels, I, I was the final interview for a catering coordinator in 2011. That was going to be my next job. We wouldn't be on this call because I would have been making six figures a year at 22 years old doing nothing but going to a job. And I would have been bored, but I would have felt, felt successful at 22. I'm just going to be totally honest with you. You know what I mean? So all the things that you have failed at, all of the recruits that you have maybe lost to somebody else or another opportunity, all of the, you know, leaders that have left your team, resigned, whatever, they've led to this victory. All of you are victors on here. You're all freaking champion car earners. Even if your business isn't where you want it to be right now, you're winning. You're winning. Okay? You are. And sometimes you just need to remember that the failures in your life have set you up for where you are today. So what if you looked at your business and your life when things are happening to you like, like scenes in the movie that is your life? Like this is Katie's life. 
This is Nicole's life. This is Alicia's life. This is Adele's life. This is Chelsea's life. This is Angela's life. This is just a scene. Well, don't you guys like the movies where there's ups and downs and there's highs and there's lows and there's um, a cast of characters that rotates and it's not... The, the starting cast isn't usually the ending cast. Have y'all noticed? There's a, a few key players in there probably that always stick around. But it's a scene in your life. This is all part of a larger narrative. So don't fear the failures inside of it. Continue to grow through it. So try this, he says. I'm going to read directly out of the book for this. Think of something great that has happened to you. Oh, it gets really cute. Perhaps it was the birth of a child or getting that new promotion that you wanted, new rank. Let yourself feel that joy for a moment. Now rewind to the events that occurred just before it. What was going on in your life before the birth of your child or before you promoted to that rank? Perhaps it was months and months or years of trying unsuccessfully to conceive or being rejected from multiple other positions you tried for. Now try to see that narrative as a whole story, a progression from the bad to the good. Open yourself to the idea that perhaps what happened during the challenging time was actually clearing the way for what you are now here celebrating or made you feel even happier about the experience that came after it. Now take a moment to express gratitude for those challenges and weave them into the story of your life. Whoa. Huh. Crazy. Wow, Nicole, I love that. Admittedly, we do our best celebrating in hindsight. I know you all know that. It's very difficult when stuff is not making sense, when people are quitting your team, when somebody lets you down, when somebody cancels a smart ship, when somebody's talking crap about you, when, you know, I just mentioned a baby thing. So maybe you're, you've been trying to conceive. I know there's some people on here who've been trying to conceive for a long time. It's very difficult for you to say, this could end up being a great thing. I mean, come on, we're human, okay? It is difficult. That is really difficult to be like, oh, this is great. This is just wonderful. <laughs> It's really hard to say, oh, I know exactly why this is happening right now. I know why she's an a-hole. <laughs> this is perfect. I just, I love how she was making me feel right now. <laughs> of course, people can't make you feel any type of way, so understand that too. But you know what I'm trying to say, all right? Understand that the more we practice looking in that rear view for the lessons that are coming forward, the more gratitude we find in the hard times. I promise you, you start to change your programming in your mind. Some of you are already at that stage right now in your life where you're like, it's true. It's true. Some of you have been around me when like stupid stuff is happening. I mean, really dumb stuff is happening. You've literally heard those words come out of my mouth. Yeah, I don't know why they're doing this, but um, I don't know. Something really good's coming. You've heard me say this. Some, mo many of you have heard me say that. Well, I don't know why they're acting. I don't know why that's happening, but I know it's for something good. <laughs> I don't know what yet, but I know it's coming, right? Change that programming in your mind, okay? Now, I love this so much. Long-term fears. It is much harder to control those, use those, just those two strategies. Most of us still do this. Most of us still bury our heads in the sand like an ostrich or run away. 
We ignore the biggest. All right, hold on. Let me just like call myself on it for a minute. Because, you know, I in the past have been known for being colorblind. Okay. <laughs> I in the past have been known for viewing red flags as green flags. Ooh, this means go. Okay, I know. That's why I can coach you on this. I'm getting very, very good at this. Okay, I'm getting much better, I should say. I'm growing. No more running away from things or pretending that these awful things maybe are not happening. This is not helping you. Listen to this story. One of my favorite ways to understand how these strategies work involves a house on fire. Let's say you wake up in the middle of the night to a smoke detector beeping. Immediately, you're afraid, as you should be. That signal did its job, which was to get your attention. Now you smell smoke. So you gather your family and pets together and you get out of the house, right? Well, that would be fear put to good use, right? But what if, upon hearing the smoke alarm, instead of quickly assessing the situation and taking the logical next steps, you hurried over to the smoke detector, removed the battery, and went right back to bed? <laughs> I love your faces. <laughs> As you can imagine, your problems are about to magnify. Yet that is what we do with fear. Instead of assessing and responding, we deny or abandon the situation. I, I, I love this because the whole Zoom, Sydney's been like, attacks, you're calling me out. I feel like a lot of you probably feel like I'm calling you out on like personal levels, but I swear I'm actually not thinking of one person during this training right now. <laughs> I swear to you, okay? Relationships are a space where we commonly use the quote, solution of avoidance. Okay, I mean, I'm training myself right now too, guys. Okay, I mean, this is me being nice and vulnerable. We're just gonna coach together. We're gonna learn together. Let's say you're having some major conflict with your partner. Rather than sitting down with them and talking about what's going on, putting out the fire, or even figuring out that you aren't even meant to be together, which would be like, safely and calmly getting everyone out of the burning house, okay? You're over there pretending everything is fine. Meanwhile, a destructive fire is burning on. Anyone been there anywhere in their life? I've had some dumpster fires, okay? I love the nodding and the like the faces of like, my face doesn't move enough to like make, I'm trying to show you, okay? I feel attacked too. I've got a lot of Botox, okay? Like this doesn't really move, but uh, I'm trying to show you right now. I've had dumpster fires. Some of us have got to grow up and start facing those fears head on before they exacerbate into everything burning down around you. Because when you deny the fear that you know you feel in your chest and in your business and in your life, those problems will continue to follow you, he says. In fact, they're probably getting bigger and bigger and bigger and you probably notice it. Hi, Peyton. And at some point, something is going to force you to deal with them. Because when all else fails, pain makes us pay attention when it gets bad enough. So if we don't learn from the signal that alerts us to the problem, the smoke detector, the, I don't know, the text message you went, oh, no, I didn't really see that. The, the message that's in your group chat where you're like, what in the hell? Whatever it is you're ignoring that you know, you know is going to turn into something big and you're not doing anything about it. You know, down the road, 
you're going to have a team or a life that is probably a little less desirable than what you actually want, right? So this is from Fight Club, but what you run from only stays with you longer, right? What you run from only stays with you longer. Okay, and then another exercise. Try this. Try this. As we did at the ashram. This is clearly from him, not me. I didn't go to any ashram. <laughs> I'm not exactly a monk. Hold on, I need water. Oh, I love this, this vulnerability here in the chat. My coach said, you seem to wait until it gets really bad to react. A few months ago, I've made a conscious effort to no longer allow that anymore. It, it ain't easy to respond to the fire when it's tiny, right? Someone told me to stop using red flags as blindfolds. Oh, attack, attack. <laughs> oh, I feel attacked too, but that's okay. I love it. No, I think it's good that as, you know, I think it's great that we're close enough to have these kinds of conversations with one another because I think a lot of us, maybe it's you in your personal life right now. Maybe it's you in your, your super private life right now and I know nothing about it. Maybe it's you in your business life right now and I know about it or I don't know about it, you know? But I think we're all going through this in some aspect. So I think it's super, super powerful, okay? So take a deep dive into your fears. At first, a few surface level fears will pop up. And stay with this exercise asking yourself, what am I really afraid of? So whatever is in your mind right now, whatever that thing is that you're like, I know what's going on and I'm literally, I've been ignoring the fire because it's a little smoke detector right now. Do we all have something? Y'all have something in your mind. You know what it is. Everybody's going to be different, but we all have something, right? Okay. Stay with that and ask yourself, what are you actually scared of? What are you really worried about? Because the larger and deeper and actual fears will start to reveal themselves. And it probably won't happen at once. It's probably not going to all come spilling out like, ah, oh, I got it. Uh, I got it. Uh, I got it. Right? It's going to come more and more and more and more and more. He says, typically... It takes some time to sink below the layers to the real root of your fears. Be open to the answer revealing itself over time. And maybe not even during a meditation or other focused section, session. You might even just be at the grocery store selecting avocados. How keto of him. Oh my God. You may be at the grocery store selecting avocados one day when all of a sudden it just dawns on you. That's just how humans operate. But we have to go through the processes of acknowledging our fears observing our patterns of how we continually deal with our fears and then reprogramming our minds around fear from something that we have been taught probably our whole lives is negative and understanding that fear is actually neutral, which should be kind of calming, right? And I get it. Some of you, you still have this deep imposter syndrome probably around your business. Like, why, why do I have the audacity to make six figures? Like, why me a million dollars? Me a rank eight? Oh my gosh. And you're sabotaging, 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 not understanding that like, we feel it always. I still feel it at, like, we're not just rank 10. I, I don't even like saying rank 10 because we, we're, we're ranked 10 times I don't even know what every month, right? You know what I mean? So understand that that fear it's normal, but it's also kind of fake. 
If you weren't good enough, you wouldn't be on the call. If you really weren't good enough, you wouldn't even show up to the calls to try to learn and be better and be more and be a better leader. But not building your business because you're scared that you're not a good enough leader or that you don't deserve it. I was on a call yesterday with Eric, and I know I talked about this yesterday. It was Stormy, by the way, who said it. She was crying in front of this whole mastermind. And she's like, I realized that by not being in that stage one activity and just managing and being like, I'm the leader. It's like, how many families did I hurt? By not showing up, how many families did I not, how many families did I hurt? Because they needed me as an example. They didn't just need me as a leader who was cashing a check. They needed me to be the example so they knew what to do. And I think some of us hold ourselves back because we're so scared of our greatness. What are you, we're all playing small. Like, it's kind of scary for me to say that to you, but it's true. That includes me. We should all, we should all be making millions of dollars a year. What are we kind of doing? You know, it's not too late to wake up and go, screw this. I'm going to, I'm not going to fear this anymore. I'm not going to fear what people think or what my, you know, what my talent is going to say about me or what, you know, people think about the profession or whatever it might be. I'm just going to go. So that fear can be a neutral signal that actually is more than anything an indicator of opportunity. So look past the smoke and the stories and decide what's real. So you can uncover deep and meaningful truths that can inform and also empower you. If anything, I would love for fear to do more motivating for you than anything else. So I love you guys and I appreciate you so much. 